0: Hallelujah! Christ is risen. Amen. Good morning, church, thanks for joining us on this Resurrection Sunday. If you have a Bible with you, would you flip over to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, and I'll be reading verses one through eight. So that's Mark, chapter 16, verses one through eight. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe because they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be
1: to God. Good morning, church. He is risen, and you say, he is risen indeed. Do you believe that right now? Do you believe that a year ago? Did you believe that in January or a month ago? I know it's really hard to experience like any sparks of joy in this moment that we find ourselves in. But this is the day that it says he is risen and it feels like that phrase is being challenged in our everyday waking moments. Our world is literally surrounded in doom and gloom and fear, but this day, Easter, we say that he is risen. And so this is my first Easter as a pastor here at Reality Church. And I had so many expectations on what this day would look like. This is not the Easter I expected. I expected to come in and see you all face to face, to see live baptisms, to to dress up my family and come in together and have a cup of coffee and hang out with people and go outside and go to brunch and do all those things. And this is just not the Easter that I expected it to be. And I guess for many of you, it it isn't either. You didn't expect to do Easter at home on your laptop or on your iPad or your phones. And you probably didn't expect 2020 to be the way it is. You probably had different expectations of how this year would go. And it's actually becoming a year that many of us didn't expect to happen. And for many of us, we've experienced canceled birthday parties and canceled graduations and postponed dates and postponed vacations and um, jobs that are up in the air that are in flux and wedding plans that have to be changed. I'm seeing virtual weddings happening on Instagram, which it's beautiful that it's still able to happen, but that's a, that's a big shift that many people just weren't expecting. People weren't expecting to experience sickness or seeing loved ones close to them die because of sickness. And so we're in a moment, we're in a season where there's a lot of disappointment in our world. And so let me ask you, what are you hoping for? What were you hoping for up until this point? And like us, we enter a story where we have the disciples that had a whole lot of hopes in who they thought Jesus was and what he was gonna become and what was gonna happen in their world and in their time. They're hoping that Jesus was the savior. They're hoping that Jesus was the Messiah and that he would forgive sins, that he would overturn injustice, that he would take away the pain and all the sorrow of the world. And for a moment, their hope and confidence was at an all-time high. I mean, Jesus was multiplying bread, fish, and wine. Come on, somebody, like, you're like, yes, this is, this is the Messiah, this is good, this is great. He's healing incurable diseases. He's making violent waves stop. He's turning over the tables. He's wielding his power against evil spirits. He's speaking truth to power. And so there was expectation on how this would go, and the last thing in the disciples' mind was that it would end in his death. In a sense, the crucifixion felt like a dash of all their hopes. It felt like the movement had stopped, the movement was over, and that, just, that injustice prevailed, that evil prevailed. In Mark 14, Jesus is um, in, the, in the Mount of Olives and he tells the disciples that they are, they are gonna walk away, that they are gonna fall away, that they're gonna desert him. In another word, Jesus is saying that his burial, his death, his crucifixion, in the minds of his disciples is gonna feel like the worst thing that could ever happen. That his death, that his burial in their hearts is gonna feel like the world has come to an end. Even though Jesus foretold his disciples over and over again that he would be arrested, that he would be mocked, that he would be scourged, that he would be put on the cross, that he would die, he also told them that on the third day, he would rise. And commentator after commentator, they all agree on this one thing, that the disciples had no expectations of a resurrection. N.T. Wright says this about the women who were going to the tomb. He says, they were not going in order to witness Jesus' resurrection. They had no idea that any such thing was even thinkable. They were going to complete the primary burial. So these women that are on their way to the tomb, here's their posture. They're in funeral mode. The funerals in Hebrew culture last for days, so they're in funeral mode and they have spices and oil for his body and for the tomb, and they're going in funeral mode in all black to pay their respects, to say goodbye, and to honor Jesus. And I want you to understand what these three days felt like, Friday through Saturday, all the way till Sunday morning The disciples dealt with the weight of the loss of their friend, of their Lord, who was crucified. And not only that, the death of their hopes were also in that tomb. See, they didn't didn't wake up on this first Easter morning with pastel colors on, with big church hats, artisanal coffee and snacks with blaring gospel music saying, this is the day that the Lord has made, though the occasion was worthy of it. This occasion was worthy of all that celebration, but they had no clue because they thought Jesus was dead in the tomb. And so that morning, they woke up with obstacles in their mind. And the obstacles in their mind was a stone, A missing body and a God who was nowhere to be found. Read with me in verses two and three. It says the very very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? And so this the tomb was not like the graves that we have here. It was like a like a catacomb, it was like a cavern with a stone that was rolled across. And the stone that was rolled across meant finality and meant that it was over. I've unfortunately have been a part of too many funerals in the last few years and there's a moment when that casket closes and when it's lowered and when dirt is poured over the grave, there's this surreal feeling that comes over you. You said, this is over. And so the these women, as they're walking to this gravesite, the only thing in their mind is, how can we get inside the tomb to pay our respects? Who's gonna roll this stone back? They're not going to this gravesite thinking anything good or redemptive can come out of this circumstance. And it says in verse 4, when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away says when they when they looked up their heads were down their countenance was down and they couldn't even see what was in front of them and it says that after they look up and see that the stone had rolled away that they go they go inside and then in John's account it says that Mary Magdalene looks inside and she doesn't see the body and she thinks that Jesus has been stolen And it's like, things are already bad. Jesus already died. He's been crucified and now his body's stolen. Like how it can't get any worse than this. And I believe that they could only see through the lens of loss and disappointment. They could only see a stone rolled back and a body that's not there as bad news. They can only see that this is something bad when really God is right there trying to show them his faithfulness, that he's rolling away tombs, that the body of Jesus is resurrected, but they can't see it because they've already predetermined that this is bad and there's no expectation of resurrection or good coming from this. And it says that they saw a man in there with a white robe, dazzling, radiant, shining like lightning, and he has a message for them. And he says in verse six, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. And this word alarmed has the feeling of expressing overwhelming distress at what is highly unusual. And so they are in an, they're, they're overwhelmed in this moment and in this time, and he tells them, do not be alarmed, and in a sense he's saying, don't go to the conclusion of your despair. Don't let the lack of what your expectations are leading you to let you misinterpret this moment. You weren't expecting a resurrection but don't let that color what you're experiencing right now because I'm giving you a message that's gonna directly affect your future. Verse six, you are looking for Jesus of of, Naz, you're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. He's telling them, you're looking for Jesus here in the tomb? He's not here. He is risen. He's risen. He's risen indeed. He's not in the place that you think he is. He's not here. I want you to think of all the things in your mind and in your life right now that take you to a place of despair. And I want you to say to each one of them, he is risen. I want you to think the things that you think are insurmountable in your life and say, he's risen. Maybe you just didn't expect some things in your life to unfold the way they have. He's risen. Maybe where you are right now, you think there's no way I can overcome this situation. He's risen. He's risen. See, here's here's what today is about. Here's what today is about, that the grave couldn't hold him down, that the grave couldn't stop him, that death couldn't hold him down, that the power of God exerted his body from the dead up to new life. 1 Corinthians says that death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? Jesus has overcome death, sin, and the grave, and has risen to newness of life and sits at the right hand of the Father. He's not here in the depth and despair. He's risen. He's broken through it. These ladies came with their heads down and their hopes dashed, and they were told the good news. They had to hear, they had to listen, and it took them a while to grasp it, but the good news is that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is risen. And the angel tells the women to go and tell the disciples and tell Peter and then go to Galilee, because that's where Jesus told you he was gonna meet you after he resurrected. So go where he told you where he was going to be. And it goes on in verse eight, last verse of the passage, trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And that word trembling and bewildered in the ESV, it says trembling and astonishment. And that word Astonishment is where we get the word ecstasy, so I want you to understand that this was an intensity that they were, they were feeling and experiencing in the moment. They were seized with amazement. They, they were besides themselves. They had a look, there's idi- an idiom for this word, it said they had a look three times. They looked, but they couldn't believe. It was something they weren't expecting. One commentator says this, the story of the resurrection was no invention of calculating followers of a dead and disproven Messiah. No one was more surprised than Jesus' closest friends. In this moment, they had a mixture of emotions. They were in fearful awe of God's Power, And they were also amazed at what they were experiencing. And they were at the cusp of a resurrection and the renewal of the movement of God. And it was so intense that it silenced them. And though Mark ends his story here, the resurrection of Jesus goes on. And it's present even right now. Whatever place you find yourself, whatever time you find yourself, the resurrection is still here and it's still at work even though we often don't expect it. You might be thinking what you wish was different right now, but in the kingdom, nothing is wasted and even death is a doorway to something greater. Stones can be moved. You might think something's final, and the resurrection goes, no, this is not final. God has the final say. You might think that your hope has been stolen, and Jesus is saying no, your hope has been resurrected. You might think God is not speaking, God is not moving, and God is saying the resurrection message is still valid for you here today. Jesus is risen. Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen. I wanna pray for us, and before I pray for us, I just want to speak to the person or the people who say, I don't really know this hope. I've never really experienced Jesus in this way to secure me in all the anxieties and the things of this world. And I just want to say, pray honest, this honest prayer to God. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Jesus, rescue me. Jesus, I need you, and I believe that Jesus will meet you where you're at. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. God, help us to see the world in light of your resurrection, that you are at the right hand of the Father, that your kingdom is here, is at hand, and that we have your power inside of us. So I pray that you would lift our hopes, that you would give us a vision for what you're doing right here and right now. In your name we pray, amen.